So this concept of breakthrough, which used to be, wow, it's just the word breakthrough has this implication that it's an anomaly, right? You, you had a breakthrough case. We may have to start thinking differently, where it's not simply a breakthrough case. Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari. You can see it. I mean, it's crystal clear. I think it's going to really revolutionize things. Which is a big game changer. All information discussed or provided by Jonathan Bakhtari, MD, Dr. Bakhtari, and or his affiliates and guests are for educational purposes only. The information discussed and provided is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical concern or condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of any information discussed or provided by Dr. Bakhtari or his affiliates and guests. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call 911 immediately. Hi, welcome to another episode of Bakhtari MD. Today I want to talk to you about what's on everybody's mind, the Omicron variant and what's going on in the world. As you know, this variant was recently discovered and uh, it's quickly becoming the dominant uh, or soon to be the dominant variant in a lot of countries. And I have no reason to believe it won't be the dominant variant soon in the United States. And the question is, what does this mean? So before I tell you what we know about this variant. Let's go back and understand this pandemic a little bit better. One of the things that I tell people is if you had come into my office in 2019 and said, hey, I have a runny nose, I'm, I have a, a scratchy throat, do I have the flu? I would have probably said to you, well, do you have a fever? And, you, and if you said no, then I would say, well, do you have muscle aches? And if you said no, then I would say to you, well, you know, you probably just have a cold. And it's not the flu, it's a cold, probably a coronavirus. And I actually would have said that, and many doctors might have said that, because up to a third of every cold you ever had in your life might have been a coronavirus. So we didn't go back in 2000, you know, nobody came into my office in 2018 and 19 and said, hey, I never want to get a, another cold. We want to wipe out this cold thing can you get a vaccine for the cold so we can wipe this cold virus, or at least one third of them? And the reason we never came up with a vaccine was because essentially nobody died from the cold or that, or from a coronavirus causing a cold. And so what this SARS-CoV-2 virus is, is a coronavirus that's just more virulent in people with underlying conditions and the elderly pop population. So in many ways, it's a simple cold virus, an upper respiratory virus that for whatever reason has is more dangerous to a subset of the population. Aside from that, it's acting like a coronavirus. And just like you wouldn't expect a coronavirus to just simply go away, you would get a cold and two, three years later, you might get another version of that coronavirus because it would mutate and change. And so none of this changing and variance today with the SARS-CoV-2, it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, we had the original type, then we had the follow-up strain from England and South Africa, then we had the Delta strain, now we have the Omicron. So this virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, is already proving to you and the rest of the world and me that it's going to do exactly what all the other coronaviruses did, which is mutate so you could catch it every few years. Now, we were okay with 
the old coronavirus is doing that. But we're not that okay with this one simply because it's so lethal to a subset of the population. That's where the vaccines come into play. So I think this variant is still one more card that's been put on the table to show what the other side is holding. So now that we have a better understanding, we've essentially gone through four major variants, we have a better understanding how this virus is going to probably proceed. I mean, I think after four different you know, variants, I don't think it would be a surprise if there was a fifth or sixth or seventh. So what does this mean for our current state of affairs? Well, as I stated in my previous video, it's pretty clear now that this is no longer simply a pandemic. Uh, I did a previous article, which I'll provide a link, but this is really now an endemic problem, a problem that is going to persist with us. And how are we going to deal with it? Well, the first thing that we have to come to grips with, this, this variant brings several issues to the forefront. And the first one is we have to get past the semantics. This is no longer a two-shot series vaccine. It is a three-shot series. And the reason for that, as I've stated before, but let me just kind of emphasize it here, the first two shots gave us 95% efficacy, certainly the mRNA vaccines, which is what I'm referring to, gave us 95% vaccine efficacy um, against the original and second variant. We learned from the Delta variant that efficacy dropped to 50 to 70%. And we have a high suspicion that the vaccine efficacy with two shots is going to drop even lower with the Omicron variant, maybe 30%. We'll see what that data shows. But the point is two shots have decreasing vaccine efficiency as the variants come out because each variant is further and further removed from the original variant, which, which the vaccine was designed for. So it's not going to be a big surprise that as variants with more mutations come out, especially mutations on the S surface protein come out, that the vaccines will have less ef effectiveness in terms of preventing illnesses. So let's be clear. People can call it a booster, schmooster, uh, but at the end of the day, it's now a three-shot series. You want to call the third one a booster? Why don't we call the second one a booster? It's a three-shot series. Uh, there was some very good data today from both Pfizer and, and Moderna that, at least in the test tube, it still has very good efficiency if you've gotten a booster for the Omicrons, which now tells you that you need the third shot to have good vaccine efficiency or good efficiency from the, uh, from the vaccines towards the virus. We actually knew that after Delta came out. And uh, unfortunately, there was a delay in approving the booster for everybody. But it should have been clear from Delta that the booster should have been very early on approved for everybody. And it has now. But not only should it be approved, but I think we should start talking it, about it as, as, a, as though it's a three-shot series. Now, the blowback and the feedback I get when I talk like this is, well, this sounds like a whack-a-mole. Every new variant, we're going to, what are we going to do? Keep increasing the number of shots. And of course, that might potentially be the case. But what the reality is, when we had to come up with a new flu shot every year, nobody whined and complained. Why didn't the last year a flu shot cover? Well, you know, why are we always coming up with new flu shots every year? Well, I mean, that's really where we're probably headed to yearly COVID and flu shots probably combined. And that is because the 
SARS-CoV-2 virus is acting like every single coronavirus you were infected with all your life. You know, you got it two, three years later, you got another one, and then you got another one, and it got another one. So the first thing I want to make clear is that this is a three-shot series for the time being. It's no longer a booster. You can call it a booster if you want, but that's just semantics. It's a three-shot series. The next thing we have to understand as these variants, as these uh, variants come out is I think we have to get away from the notion that these mRNA vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines, prevent illnesses, meaning prevent you from catching it. It's now much more preventing you from dying or, or getting getting a severe disease that requires hospitalization. So I think it's a man, we have to manage expectations. If you're expecting to get this three-shot series and say, ah, oh, I got the three-shot series, I'm not going to catch COVID-19, that may be unrealistic. So this concept of breakthrough, which used to be, wow, just the word breakthrough has this implication that it's an anomaly, right? You, you had a breakthrough case. We may have to start thinking differently, where it's not simply a breakthrough case, where these vaccines are going to not necessarily prevent you from catching COVID, but preventing you from getting severely ill and preventing you from dying. If you sort of view it like this, if you you could make an argument that at some point, and I've said this on other videos, everyone's going to get COVID. The question is, how prepared will your immune system be when you get COVID? That's really it. It's no longer, I think in the first 12 months, I'm not going to get COVID because I got the vaccine. I don't think that's the case, probably. I think the more likely situation is how protected are you going to be when you get COVID-19? That's why I don't really understand the people who get two shots, but I'm not going to get the booster. It's sort of like saying, you know, I'm going to wear a bulletproof vest when I go into you know, war, uh, but I'm only going to wear it on my back or my front. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The more, the better. I mean, if we know the vaccine efficacy is better with three, why would you stop at two? Obviously, you know, people say, well, why not get 20 or 30? I get that. But with within what we know, three would give you much more efficacy than two right now, given these variants. So I think the only question is, you know, how well prepared are you? You know, how are your risk factors, your age? How many, you know, have you gotten the full series? But if you view it that I'm probably going to catch it, but how prepared do I want to be when I catch it? That's probably a better strategy. And if you know you're going to catch it, then you want to make sure in terms of things that you can control that you do the best that you can. Now, that doesn't mean you should throw caution to the wind, throw out your mask and go to a party with a thousand people and hug everyone. I mean, just use common sense. You don't want to catch it. You want to minimize your chances. You want to avoid, if you're especially if you have a lot of risk factors, you want to avoid crowds. You want to potentially avoid travel during the holiday season. If you have a lot of risk factors, especially if you haven't gotten all three shots, that doesn't mean just be fatalistic and say, I'm going to get it. So, so what? Obviously do what you can to protect yourself. But on another level, be prepared that if you get it, you want the maximal protection when you get it. I just want to take a minute uh, to uh, ask people that if you really enjoy this video and you want more content like this, 
please leave comments below of what you would like me to cover so we can make videos that you want to see and you want to enjoy. And of course, it's very important that if you like the, the con this content, if you could please like and subscribe so uh, you know we can get the word out to even more people. Thank you so much. So the other question that I get is, so are you are you telling me this thing is not going to end anytime soon? Because I just thought, you know, with Delta kind of waning away and everyone getting their boosters that it was going to be 2019 all over again in 2022. Now you're telling me 2022 is not going to be like 2019. It's going to be more like 2021. I get that. Uh, yeah, that's a little disappointing. And, uh, you know, how are we going to deal with it? Well, I think the way we deal with it is I think we need to come up both emotionally, practically, and from a political and from a public health point of view. We have to come to grips with that this may be with us for the short to medium foreseeable future. And we need a public health strategy and a vaccine strategy that deals with that. You know, we already know that Moderna and Pfizer are working on updated vaccines that would cover Om Omicron and potentially even newer variants as they come out. But we know they're already working on, on uh, the Omicron var uh, variant vaccine. And I think I think we should start planning. And, and if it changes, we, it changes. But you know, potentially every fall, everyone getting an updated COVID vaccine. Now I'm gonna say it here, and like several of the things we've said before, uh, you know, a few months later, it turns out that that's what it actually does happen. So we'll see. But I, I don't see a scenario where every fall for the foreseeable future, we don't get an updated vaccine, especially as new variants come out. And we just have to come up with the political will and public health will to kind of come to grips with that so we can plan you know, long-term strategy, even for the flu shot, you know, for next year's flu shot, months go into preparation, um, months and months go into preparation of trying to analyze what next year's flu shot will look like. You know, they're multivalent flu shots, which cover multiple strains. And we may have to do the same thing with the COVID vaccine. Every fall come out with a multivalent version of the virus, of the vaccine that covers uh, the most important uh, variants. And we have to get through this pandemic versus we have to come up with a long-term strategy to deal with the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Once we take that change in mindset, you know, it's, it's not like you just have a leak in your house and you're going to go repair the leak and your house is back to normal. There's something structurally that needs to be addressed on an ongoing basis. And I think that's that's a change in mindset. I think we have to come with the, come to the realization that in dealing with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, we have to come to grips with a long-term strategy. Not not okay, get these two shots. Okay, now get this booster and then we'll, you know, it's pretty much over. You're you're you've made it. We're out of the tough part. We are going to have to come up with a long-term strategy. And that means coming to grips with something that maybe might be difficult to come to grips with. Uh, because I think a lot of people were hoping, uh, you know, pinning all their hopes that, you know, we'd go through one or two years and then come out of it. Uh, and that still may happen somewhere down the line. But for now, we have to come up with the worst case scenario, which is we're going to 
potentially be de dealing with more and more variants as the uh, flu season and the winter season comes and goes and what have you. So we're, we're probably going to see more variants and we need to have a long-term strategy to deal with it. So I just want to talk about one other aspect because I think this whole idea of vaccines preventing the disease or preventing severe illness is one way to approach any public health issue, which is prevention, but also we have to really double down on treatments because once you catch the disease, you know, we have to get much, much better antiviral uh, therapies. I know uh, Pfizer has something that's a COVID pill that's awaiting FDA approval and others. The question really is, you know, we how much do we want to focus and invest our resources on developing antivirals? And I think if that wasn't important enough before, I think now that we see this, this is going to be with us for a long time potentially. I think the, the idea of focusing on developing antiviral therapy is going to be even even more important. And also how to, and we've gotten much better on how to deal with hospitalized patients. You know, what kind of therapies can we use in, in the hospital to prevent people from cascading from moderate to severe disease and death? I think improving, and, and we have been, but continuing to improve our hospital management, continuing to develop more antivirals in, in the months and years ahead is going to be so important in, in also managing this virus and, and this public health nemesis moving forward. So it's not all about vaccine, 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 but it's also antivirals, antivirals, and managing the disease better. Uh, I think they both go hand in hand. So I think that is the wave of the future. So to summarize, the optimistic points, though, are in dealing with this public health issue moving forward is at least when it comes to developing the vaccines, now we have the mRNA technology. You know, literally in a matter of days or weeks, we can come up with a new vaccine using mRNA technology to uh, attack any potential new variant. Of course, you know, to get it to market, test it, to get a market, uh, you know, may take as long as, you know, months or what have you now. But at least we have it. And if we need to deploy a strategy like that, we can. Uh, do we have the public will to? kind of move ahead with a new vaccine yet? Maybe not, but uh, as this variant and other variants come out, at least we have the technology to quickly come out with newer versions of the vaccine because of what mRNA technology has brought us. And of course, the rapid, rapid studying of antivirals uh, that's already happened, both the improvement in vaccine technology and the amazing improvement so far in the preliminary antivirals give us hope that we're going to have a multi-pronged approach in the future to deal with new variants pretty quickly, especially if we continue to invest uh, and work on both vaccine technology as well as antiviral therapies. Thank you for listening. You can check out my website, jonathanbakhtarimd.com, to sign up for my newsletter. And you can watch this full episode over on my YouTube channel, BakhtariMD, where you can leave questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes. As always, be well. Thank you. Thank you.